Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode number 150 of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, thank you for tuning in and listening. Now, I don't think many people have listened to all 150 episodes, but I do know that there's a lot of people out there who continue to listen as we continuously add new shows every Tuesday and every Thursday. And I like to believe that episode number 150 is just the beginning. When I started my career as a professional speaker, I had read an article that said before you're ever going to get very good, before you're going to be truly comfortable and confident in every situation, and before audiences are going to start to really say, wow, you needed to deliver 300 professional level speeches in front of audiences. And at the time, I thought, oh my gosh, that is so many speeches. That is so long from now that I would ever get there. And yet now, in 2016, I'm closing in on 600 professional-level speeches. And I have to say, that advice of 300, there's some real truth to it. It's sort of like Malcolm Gladwell in that 10,000 hours theory, that the more you do something, just the naturally more comfortable and better you're going to get at it. So when I started this podcast... I I sort of knew that I wasn't going to be great right away. And if you go back and listen to some of those early episodes, I'm stiff and I'm sticking to the script. And I never could have done one of these these personal episodes where it's just me talking into the microphone and and not really having notes and just sort of free-flowing sharing with the audience. Couldn't have done that in a million years. And now that I've done 150 shows, I believe that that 300 number is probably true for podcasting as much as it was for speaking. Because while I am so much more comfortable being on this show and sharing with you, I am so much less nervous or worried about how people are going to judge me or, or am I going to deliver a quality product. But I feel like I have a long way to go. And so I'm only halfway to where I feel I need to be to be fully confident. So this journey, this journey is just getting started. And it's a journey of self-discovery for me, and I know in talking to a lot of you who listen, it's the same for you. And that idea of being able to interview people and get them to share, you know, what gets them out of bed in the morning, what excites them, who they admire, and then ways that they go out to give back to the greater good, to serve humanity, if you will. Because I really do believe that great entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. They want to leave a mark. They want to do something that's very cool. And so we have gone about in, in this show, in putting it together, and when I say we, I mean the people who listen, the people who give me feedback. It's a community. All of us who are involved, we've gone about looking for ways to share information. So I want to say thank you to those who participated. If you've never reached out to me by Twitter or email, please do, because I have a long way to go, and your ideas of what could make this show better, your ideas really matter to me. So... I want to tie this show because it's happening in the middle of February. I want to tie it to a cause that's near and dear to my heart. So if you'll bear with me for just a minute, I'm going to talk about the ninth annual February fundraiser for the Kate Singer Endowment for Cranial Facial Surgery and Research. Now, my daughter Kate is 14 years old, and she is fabulous. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's doing great in school. She's planning for just an incredible future. She has super potential. And when Kate was born... 
It was kind of scary. She was born with a medical condition where the bones in her skull had fused together prematurely, which meant that we could do nothing and, and she would have a seriously deformed skull. Her noggin wasn't going to grow just the way it was supposed to. Or we could do surgery before she turned six months old where they would remove the entire cap of her skull. I'm going to be really honest with you. This was probably the scariest thing my wife and I ever went through. The thought of handing your precious little baby over to a bunch of doctors where they were going to cut her head open and remove bone and then close it back up and, and hope it would grow back and be more of a rounded head rather than the deformities that were going to happen otherwise. That was very, very frightening. And I'll be honest, we felt very alone. We didn't know anybody else who'd ever been through this. It's not a really common thing. And it was just scary. And yet, she came through it just fine. She came through the surgery great. Her head, the bones grew back very well. She had to go and see the doctor really up until about a year ago for checkups every one to two years just to make sure everything was on track. But she, from the beginning, from the moment the surgery was over, they knew that she was going to be fabulous. And I'll tell you what, we felt very fortunate. And we knew at the time we were fortunate, but we didn't know what we were going to do for how to sort of give back to the to the greater good for the fact that we were so lucky and, and that things had gone so well for Kate. But nine years ago, when I started speaking professionally, I was doing it sort of as a part-time side job. The money started coming in and, and it was good extra money, especially because I had a full-time gig. And my wife came up with the idea that we should do something with a small percentage of the money I make from speaking fees. At the time, we really didn't know that was going to become our whole income was my speaking. But we did decide we should do something where we took just a couple of percentage points of those fees and we gave them to a cause that matters. And for us, that cause had to be research for craniofacial surgery because one in 3,000 kids are born with some sort of a craniofacial abnormality. Now, that's a lot if you think about it, but some are minor, some are major. They're not all as serious as what Kate went through, and some are much more serious than what Kate went through. But it's issues to do in the skull with the bone and the soft tissue. And if anything isn't right, it can cause a lot of problems for that baby. And there's a lot of great doctors out there who are doing research on this. At the time Kate was born, we didn't have a state-of-the-art children's hospital in Austin, Texas, where we lived. So we had to look around the country for the best doctors to be able to perform that. And, and we were lucky. We found the doctors at Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. But nine years ago, a hospital here in Austin, the Dell Children's Medical Center, opened. And when it was opening, we decided that that was going to be our cause. We were going to latch onto this cause, and we were going to support it not just once, but really probably for the rest of our lives. And we started giving a little teeny bits of money I made when I spoke. And the more I spoke, the higher my fees got, the more money we gave. And it slowly started to add up until we had given enough to have a permanently named endowment. So we started that Kate Singer Endowment for Craniofacial Surgery. And at that time, we then reached out to San Diego and we started the same type of endowment. And to this day, every time I speak, we give a little bit of money to each of them. Now, any single check doesn't really mean that much, right? It's $50, $75, $250 here and there. But over nine years, that has added up to almost $60,000 between the two hospitals. And what I came to realize is that you don't have to be rich to really have an impact on something that's important. You just have to continuously put a little bit away over time. Much like they teach people that you know, if you start saving for retirement when you're young, by the time you're in your 60s, you're going to have lots of money. 
course, none of us actually ever get around to doing that, but it is true, and they call it the magic of compounded interest. Well, what I've discovered through this project, it is the magic of compounded generosity. So many people think they want to wait until they're rich, and then they're going to give back to charity. But I think that's the wrong approach. If you wait till you're rich, two things. One, you may never get rich. I mean, what is rich? The more money you get, rich seems to move farther down the line. The second part is, is that it could take you a lifetime to get there, and then you're not in the habit of sharing the wealth. However, if you start early and just find a cause that you can stick with for a long time, and you don't have to stick with it for your whole life. It could be a five-year cause or a 10-year cause, and then maybe you find something new and go a different direction. But if you find something and just pledge a little bit of money over time, a little bit of donation of your time, and then put a little effort into fundraising, you will be surprised how quickly it adds up to numbers that matter. If I walked in to any charity and said I wanted to donate fifty or $60,000, they would fall all over themselves. But I didn't have fifty or $60,000 nine years ago when we started this. And we didn't know that this was going to be something that was going to be able to work for us. I mean, starting your own business can be painful and hard and money can be tight. And we ran up a lot of debt, but we continued to do this. And along the way, we started asking other people if they would help as well. So every year in February, because that's the month of Kate's birthday, we reach out via my blog, via Facebook, via Twitter, and now through this podcast. We reach out to people who listen and who know us either personally or indirectly and just say, can you help with this cause just a little bit? Because it means so much to us. If you would just find a way to support that, it would be great. So jump over right now to compoundedgenerosity.com. That's compoundedgenerosity.com, and it will redirect you straight to the fundraising page for the Kate Singer Endowment for this year. whatever you think, hey, I can give this little bit because your small donation alone is just a little teeny piece. But every year we raise somewhere between $1,500 and $3,000 plus the money that we donate alongside it. Between the two hospitals, that money is adding up to be a number that really makes a difference. And recently, Kate and I were in the car, and she was asking some questions about how did we start it? How did we do this? How much money do we actually give? And she pointed out that in my lifetime and in my work time, that might get to $100,000 or $200,000. However, over her lifetime, that could add up to be millions of dollars. And so that's something that as she gets older, she wants to get involved with taking over this cause and helping run these fundraisers and keep it going. And to me, that is just so exciting. So if you're listening to this and you've stuck with my long explanation of, of what it is all about, I am going to ask you if you'll just go over and donate a little bit. It'll mean a lot to me, and I appreciate it. And this podcast is free. Just think of it as a way to paying it forward. Now, speaking of this podcast, I couldn't do this podcast if it wasn't for my sponsor. And as you know, if you listen regularly, my sponsor is Podfly Productions. And I can't say enough about how great of a partner Podfly has been ever since I started this podcast. When I was thinking about starting it, I didn't think I could handle all of the technical issues that were involved with editing and getting it posted and everything else. And I knew with my busy travel schedule as a speaker, it would be really hard to always get the show done every Tuesday and Thursday if I didn't have great people behind me. And I was fortunate enough that I met the people at Podfly Productions, and I asked them a ton of questions, and they were always happy to answer them, and in the end, they gave me all the right answers. 
and I've been working with them now for a year and a half. And for a while now, they've been a sponsor of this show. And I got to tell you, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, if you want to start a podcast, go over to podfly.net slash cool things as they have a special offer for people who listen to this show, but also pick up the phone and call them. Call them and ask them questions that you have about what it's going to take to get your podcast up and running, and they will answer it. Then they'll assign you a fantastic editor. I worked with Scott for the longest time, and now I'm working with Chad, and I know there's a bunch of others, and they're all fantastic. I haven't run into anyone with this company who hasn't been great. So I want to thank them for continuing to be a sponsor of this show, because when I started, like I said, it was those technical issues that scared me. My goal was simply to do 50 interviews, but when I hit 50, I couldn't stop. Maybe I was a little bit addicted, but the reality was is I had opened up sort of a whole new side to my business. I was able to use my podcast and do interviews of some of my clients or the people who attended their conferences. And what happened was is just having the podcast became a really interesting conversation starter with everybody who I met. To this day, somebody will say, I'll be at a party, and someone will say, oh, Tom, I listened to your show. People will go, your show? And then we'll start talking about cool things entrepreneurs do. And maybe somebody in the room becomes one of the next guests. So it has been a really fun way to uh, network using this show. In fact, I've said it before, this podcast has been the best networking tool I've ever seen. And I've been teaching networking skills for well over 10 years. Not only is it a conversation starter, but when you reach out to somebody and say, I want to interview you on my show, very few people ever say no. If nothing else, they'll always get back to you because they're honored that they did that. And often the people who I interview, who I didn't know before, become friends. We, we continue to follow each other on social media. We run into each other if they're local in Austin. We'll run into each other and we'll talk and they'll tell their friends they were on the show and what kind of traffic they got from being here. And it's been a great way for me to explore ideas in my own business because I'm talking with people both on the show but then for usually a half hour before and after about being an entrepreneur, about being a solopreneur. And now it has spun off this whole Cool Things project, which is just in its infancy, but, but is ready and real to launch. And that is a group coaching program that came out of some discussions from people who listened to this show, who were solopreneurs, who pointed out that it can be so lonely to be a solopreneur. And I'll tell you what, having been a guy who worked for big companies and worked in offices, to suddenly work for yourself, it's an entire brain shift. I've read statistics that said soon 40% of us will be consultants or shift workers or people who are just putting together project to project work, or they'll be pure solopreneurs running a little one-man business, or maybe they'll band together with a couple people and have a little consultancy. But if you've never worked for yourself and you're just starting to, or maybe you've been working for yourself for a long time and you feel you're pounding your head against the wall, my advice is get around people who are in the same situation. Get around people who share the same goals, who are experiencing the same things. And that's why I started this. Now, if you jump over to look at it, and you can just go to tomsinger.com and under the about button, if you pull it down, it'll say group coaching program. If you jump over, I'm not charging a lot for this. This isn't going to make me rich. There's a lot of people who make a lot of money off of getting people to throw money into their, to their programs. I'm charging $100 a month. And it's a six-month commitment. And I'm trying to put together a little community of people who are looking to do more in their life. 
And yeah, I'll make a little bit of money, but what we're really going to do is we're going to start to build a warm nest of friends where we can talk about whatever we need to in our small business, entrepreneur, solopreneur lives. And I think that's so valuable because a lot of people, they find when they jump into being the solopreneur, they find they don't have a support group. When you work in a big company, somebody's assigned to HR, somebody's assigned to IT, somebody's assigned to every little nuance that has to take care to run the business. When you start your own business, <laughs> that is 100% means that everything falls onto your lap. So if this is resonating with you, jump on over and join us at the Cool Things Project. Now, as we pass episode 150, I am looking to expand the show, not only to get a bigger audience, but to bring more value. And that's where I need your help. If you're a regular listener to this show, give me a call or send me an email and let me know what I can do to get better. Throughout the time I've had the show, the best improvements have come from the people who listen to the show, making suggestions on how I can bring more value to them. And if you love the show, be sure to go out and tell other people what it is that you like about the show and how they can find it. And one of the best things that you can do is you can jump over to iTunes and you can leave a review because that's how people find shows. They go look for what's rated and what's getting new kind of positive attention. So just jump over to iTunes and leave a review for the show. Now, for those of you who've listened to this for 15 minutes, I don't want to just be, you know, taking up more of your time. So we're going to cut this show off early today. But if you tune in, I have already recorded episodes 151, 152, and 153. You are going to be so excited to tune in in the next couple of days to hear the people who we've interviewed. And that's really what it's about. It's about hearing from people who are doing very cool things. So I've got a couple of communications experts coming on because communicating in business, I tell you, that's one of the biggest problems that we have. It's one of the biggest problems we have in our personal lives with our friends, with our spouses, with our kids. We have to learn to communicate better. So the next couple shows are dedicated to that. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope that I gave you a little bit of inspiration today. I hope that you feel like jumping in and helping with the, the February fundraiser because every little bit, boy, it adds up. Once again, you just go to compoundedgenerosity.com. It'll take you right where you need to be. Thanks again for listening in. We'll be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody totally cool. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.